Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I am so happy to be back. Wow, it has been a long, long time. I haven't done one of these since June. And funny enough, the last time I did one of these, the last person I spoke to was Mr. Brandon Scoop B. Robinson. What is up, player? Nothing but the rent. What's going on, B? Nothing, man. You know, it's that time of the year again. It's fall. Football's back. College football's back. Uh, I don't know if I want to talk about football. <laughs> but uh, baseball postseason and our favorite sport to talk about, the NBA is coming back next week, Tuesday, October 17th. It is back in effect. We cannot wait. And we got predictions. For playoff spots, rookie of the year, MVP, and also we count down our list of top five team, top five most interesting teams to watch this year. So this is going to be a fun conversation with my man Scooby, writer for Dime Up Rocks, if I'm correct. No, well, I'm a managing editor and columnist of Respect Magazine for my, oh, sorry. and also the host of the Scooby Radio podcast. But my my uh, interviews on Scooby Radio were. Constantly aggregated over Up Rock City. You would think I worked there, but I, I haven't worked a day there in my life. Ah, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> keep getting them checks, bro. That's all I gotta say. Keep getting them checks, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Definitely, yes, sir. definitely, yes, sir. definitely. So let's start with our top five most interesting teams of the 2017-2018 NBA season. Do you want to actually? You know what? Since you're the guest, you can start first. Oh, definitely, man. I appreciate that. So, I mean, top five teams. Um. Interesting teams to watch that are not in the New York region. Number one, uh, the Philadelphia 76ers. You know, you have a uh, Joel Embiid who just signed that extension with the 76ers. Uh, intriguing figure. Signed a long-term explosive, a few years extension, and um, only paid about 31, 33 games. Was not named the NBA's rookie of the year uh, last year. It would be interesting to see that. You have a healthy Ben Simmons back uh, as well. And he'll play the point guard. We'll battle with three and, and, and play off someone else. Um, so that'll be interesting. In addition to that, Staying local, the Brooklyn Nets, uh, you made a big trade and sending Brook Lopez, uh, the rights to Brook Lopez to the Los Angeles Lakers in exchange for uh, D'Angelo Russell. Will be interesting. Russell gets a fresh start and uh, he teams with my guy, Rondé Hollis Jefferson and Karis LeVert. And they're a young team, a fun young team to watch. And on paper, at least, they are the most interesting team in New York City, uh, not the Knicks. Additionally, you get a chance to really look at uh, the Boston Celtics, Kyrie Irving, 
obviously making that big splash and, and traded over to Boston in exchange for Isaiah Thomas. They'll be interesting to watch, uh, as well as the rookie that they drafted. And this, I think the only person on paper on that team that's still there from last season is Marcus Smart, uh, who slides over to the two-guard position. So that's three. Four will be the Oklahoma City Thunder. Carmelo Anthony, now a member of the Oklahoma City Thunder, and that traded in the offseason. Will it be Hoodie Mello? And will he play well off the ball with, with uh, Russell Westbrook? I hope well it's as? Hoodie Mello. Let's all hope yeah. Hoodie Mello shows up. <laughs> Listen, man, Hoodie Mello, Hoodie Mello played his tail off this summer over at uh, Lifetime Fitness in Manhattan, <laughs> uh, but it, uh, along with Mr. Brinkley. But, no, it, it'll be interesting to see that. And then, lastly, to be honest with you, I, I told you off here what it was, but I'm going to switch it up a little bit. San Antonio Spurs. Yeah, mm. one of the one of the quiet off season acquisitions. Um, I'd like to see what happens. Usually, you see older guys transition over to to uh, San Antonio and play under Coach Greg Popovich. But in his prime, he's still over there. He he teams up with Kawhi Leonard, and um, it will be interesting to see uh, what happens along with Lamarcus Aldridge and some of those other guys. So, those are my top five right there. Mm, that's an interesting list. <laughs> Okay, uh, I think I have three out of the five that you picked. So I'm just going to go from five to one. Number five, the Los Angeles Lakers. And, you know, of course, everybody's going to want to watch because of Lonzo Ball. But there's this new dude that they drafted that's very interesting to me. And I might mess up his name. I think I'm going to say this correctly. Kyle Kuzma. I didn't really, I think he was drafted in the second round, if I'm correct. Mm -hmm. Late first round. Okay, yeah. He's been looking very impressive this preseason, and mm-hmm. I don't know what his ceiling is going to be. I don't know, you know, what kind of player he's going to look like. But he just is like an athletic freak. The dude got some handles. He can go to the rack and score. I, I, I kind of like him. I, I kind of like him. I'm not going to lie. I think he'll be a nice little fit <laughs> on the break with uh, Lonzo Ball there. Um, and of yeah. course, you know, the rest of the parts they got. They got some nice veterans like Brooke Lopez and Lou Dang. Um, so this should be an interesting team. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but... You don't? Nah. Mm-mm. You think they're going to make the playoffs? You think they're going to make it? I, I can see them as a sneaky AC. I mean, when I had my eight, I didn't have them. I didn't have them in that list. Okay. Um, I, I think they'll be very interesting. I think they'll, be, they'll have their moments where they'll look good, and they'll get on a nice little three, four game winning streak, and then there's going to be moments in the season where they're going to struggle. I mean... Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. I like Brandon Ingram. I just don't know about it. What do you think Brandon Ingram can be in the future? Like, do you see him as like a Kevin Durant type? Or like a, a, Who's Sam Ingram? Yeah, or the 3 and D guy. Like, what, like what, what, what do you see him as? Well, I mean, when I look at Brandon Ingram, uh, Brandon, I, I look at, uh, we're talking about we're two Brandon talking about another Brandon. Brandon, Brandon, <laughs> no. Brandon, Brandon, Brandon to a third power. Um, when you look at that Brandon Ingram uh, situation, he kind of reminds me of a, of a Tracy McGrady, a guy that took a little while to, to, to gel into a system. Will he, will he, you know, there's a lot of basketball to be shared around in Los Angeles. It might not be the most perfect uh, situation because, You've got a healthy Julius Randle. You have Lonzo Ball. Um, you have uh, Brook Lopez. All those guys. But if you look at Tracy McGrady when he played for the Orlando Magic, excuse me, when he first played for the Toronto Raptors, that Toronto Raptors team went toe to toe with the New York Knicks. I believe it was the '99 or 2000 NBA playoffs, and mm-hmm. he went off. You know. Oh yeah, I remember. I watched. Subsequently, the Toronto Raptors did succumb to loss in the playoffs, and then to 
Tracy McGrady signed that that big time deal with the Orlando Magic along with uh, Grant Hill and Doc Rivers was the coach at the time. But I think Brandon Ingram has a talent where, the, where I believe an offense just needs to be predicated around him. Um, I, I think he will be a player to watch in the future, but I think he's still growing and having all those basketballs to share around may not be the perfect fit. It, it seems very Tracy McGrady like in substance. Hmm, that's fair. My thing with him is. I just look at his body and I just say it's, he needs to put a little more weight on. Like, I don't think he's too frail, but it's – and I'm glad you brought up Tracy McGrady because Tracy was also, like, the first couple of years of his career, he was kind of slim. Um, mm-hmm. But I think maybe a year or two eh, – yeah, say a year or two, put on a little more weight and I think he'll be fine. Um, I, it was interesting to me because when the Lakers were thinking about trading for Boogie Cousins – one of the things that they didn't want to give up was him. And I'm very interested to see what kind of player he develops into this year because if it were me and I and somebody asked if, you know, they wanted Brandon Ingram so I can get Boogie Cousins, I would have probably gave him up. <laughs> I think well, I think Boogie Cousins is is, is covering his uh last year on his deal. Uh and you know, many rumors have come out that he may end up heading over to the Cleveland Cavaliers. It would have been nice. You know, I had Paul George found his way over there. Carmelo Anthony found his way over to Cleveland. But Cousins would have been a huge, you know, addition. But uh, if the Pelicans are smart, they try to get him away from uh, the West Coast and maybe going out east uh, to a team uh, in the Midwest, named Cleveland Cavaliers. But, you know, as far as trading Brandon Ingram for, for Jamarcus Cousins, man, I, I think people underestimate how talented Boogie Cousins really is just because of because of his um, off court issues. Not necessarily off court issues, on court and, and and you know disagreeing with. Him. But I think what's interesting is uh, I was talking to Reggie Evans, uh, former Brooklyn Net and former Sacramento King, and uh, he was comparing the difference in practice between Brook Lopez and Boogie Cousins, and he said Brook Lopez plays really tough in practice, and you know he expanded his jumper in his game. He said, but when you look at Boogie Cousins. When the lights come on, it's time to perform. And he, 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 people underestimate or, or kind of sometimes take for granted how talented he really is. I, I think Boogie Cousins is the modern day Chris Webber. Hmm, that's a fair comparison. Um, sure. and, I, I mean, I, I like him too. And one of the things that I always say about him is he just got put in the worst situation possible playing for the Sacramento Kings. Like, yes, oh sure, I agree. Did he act spoiled? Did he act like a baby at times? Yes, of course. Did he act immature? Yes, of course. But it didn't help that he played for a franchise that was just chaotic, didn't know what it was doing, kept changing coaches like damn near every year, and didn't know whether they wanted to trade him or not. And when you play in that kind of environment as a player, especially a young player, I'm pretty sure it turns you off. It, It makes you feel like, well... Why should I even put in the effort when this organization's not even putting in the full effort themselves? I mean, maybe that's not the right mentality to think to 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 have, but you know, for young guys like him that have a temperament problem and they need a little guidance, like Sacramento just need they they needed to do more than just change coaches, draft you know Kentucky guys like Willie Cully Stein that weren't going to really help him with anything, like. You have to put a foundation around this guy. And Sacramento just failed to do that. And I look at them and I go, what, what the hell were you guys doing for seven years? You had a talented all-star big man 
And you really didn't get the necessary help needed for his career to blossom. And it just became a tug of war for seven years of, well, we like him, but he's a headache. I want to trade him, but the fans love him. And it's just like, what are you guys doing? And I, and I felt bad for him at times. I really did. Yeah. And, I'm, and I'm glad they, they traded him last year. I mean, when you look at, and I'm sure you don't want to make your whole show about the Texans King, but I will say that when you, I mentioned the guy earlier, who's going to play for that team. And, you know, even when you talk about DeMarcus Cousins, um, you know, he came in and was under Paul Westfall. Like, granted, Paul, I remember watching Paul Westfall on the NBA and NBC when he coached Charles Barkley, Kevin Johnson, uh, and the Phoenix Suns when they played the Chicago Bulls in the 1993 NBA Finals. But, mm-hmm. you know, when you when Bookie Cousins came in, I know for me, I went to prep school. In my, in my high school I went to, they're dominant in football. I'm Boston prep. And some guys that, when they left there and they went to college and they started losing, uh, they often would complain, man, I'm not used to this. You know, sometimes, you know, Bookie Cousins, the high school he went to, uh, out south, he was under a guy named Otis Hughley. Otis Hughley actually grew up with my dad. Um, and oh wow! The um, Otis Hughley was actually hired by the Sacramento Kings to kind of be to be an assistant coach of the Sacramento Kings. Basically, a hired Bookie Cousins, um, a hired Bookie Cousins babysitter, if you will. And when when that coach was let go under the new coaching uh, regime, I believe it was when. Uh, George Carl came in, Hughley was gone, and then you started to really see how DeMarcus Cousins acted. And uh, there was no older Hughley there to kind of babysit him, watch him, and make sure he was doing what he was supposed to do. But that, that, that voice of reason, if you will. Um, and, I, and I think that, you know, then when you mix guys like Ray John Rondo, who had the temper problem out in Sacramento, and, you know, they weren't getting along, and then there was a member of the media who kind of um, said some things to DeMarcus Cousins about his brother. He kind of snapped. That became the, the end of, of the end in Sacramento. Uh, I know Boogie Cousins and, and uh, general manager Vlade Divac had a good relationship, but it, it just wasn't a good situation. He was used to winning uh, in high school, and then went to the University of Kentucky, played under John Calipari. And I just think that that losing all the time uh, really got to him. And it's unfortunate that the Sacramento Kings, you know, new stadium and everything, couldn't really. Uh, be what they could have been, you know. But I think Sacramento has been looking to replicate what they had in the early 2000s. That's that Chris Webber, Paige Chiliakovich, Vladi Diva, Mike Bibby, all those guys when they went toe-to-toe with the Los Angeles Lakers in the 2002 uh, Western Conference Finals. But um, Sacramento, they're in a new era. They got the Aaron Fox. But I like him. I think he could be the modern-day Penny Hardaway. I sure do like him, too, and I'm definitely going to talk about him later on this show. But uh, let me continue with my top five most interesting teams. Uh, Number four, the Philadelphia 76ers. And it's funny you brought them up because I'm actually going to try to go to a Philadelphia 76ers game this year. (laughs) And the number two team on this list will probably be the team that I'll go watch them play against. Uh, Number three, the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, I picked them. Solely because I just want to see for a full season how does Boogie and AD work together. AD meaning Anthony Davis, for those who don't know. Of course. Um, I know that some people are down on them because they've seen enough. Like, what they play? Like, 20-something, 30-something games together? Like, people mm-hmm. just feel like, eh, those two aren't going to work. I want to see a full season of how this goes. And I don't like the rest of their roster. I wish they could improve <laughs> this roster. Anthony Davis needs all the help he can get. And I'm interested to see if uh, God, I'm forgetting the coach's name for New Orleans. Good Lord, but he used to be the assistant for Golden State. Um, um, 
God. You're talking about Alvin Gentry. Alvin Gentry. There you go. Yeah, Alvin Gentry. Um, I'm interested. I'm interested to see how he can make this work for a year, a f- one full sure. year, because Boogie is a free agent next year, and if this doesn't work out, you know, I really hope that Boogie goes to Washington just just so he can, <laughs> you know, go back with get back together with John Wall and just make it all work and win in the East because it's an easier conference. But whatever. Uh, number two. The Brooklyn Nets. And that would be the that that's the game I'm trying to actually go to is the Nets versus the 76ers. So hopefully the tickets ain't too high for that. In Philadelphia? <laughs> uh no, in Brooklyn. Okay. I would actually I would love to go to Philadelphia. Um I would love to take it. I actually no, that's a good idea. I should go get on a bu- get on a mega bus to Philadelphia <laughs> to go catch a Sixers game and then go to Mitchell and Ness and go look for some gear. Um let me know when you go so you can get that discount over there. Oh, nice, nice, nice. And uh, number one on my list is the Boston Celtics. Look, yes, we sir. all know what moves were made this year. We all know the two stars that went that got traded um, to to come to the got traded for uh, the Celtics brought over. And I cannot wait to see how this team gels. And I think this team is going to work because I think Brad Stevens is a hell of a coach. Uh, how do you feel? Well, I think you you had list the Celtics in your top five. I'm correct, right? I did list them in my yes. top five of, of exciting players or exciting teams to watch uh, this NBA season. I like Brad Stevens. Uh, watched him since his days as, as head coach and, and, and the college ranks at Butler. Watched, ironically, watched uh, Brad Stevens' Butler team play against Duke in the national championship some years ago when Kyrie Irving was not playing because he was hurt and had a big toe injury and then later took declared for the 2011 uh, NBA, excuse me, 2010 NBA draft. Um, what I find interesting about um, Brad Stevens is I think he is the future. I think, you know, obviously the, the coach that meshes analytics uh, that has become taken over in the NBA as well as basketball at large, as well as um, just being a player's coach. You know, you've added Gordon Hayward in the NBA's uh, free agency uh, craze this summer. Gordon Hayward, of course, a guy that played under Brad Stevens uh, when he was coach at, uh, at Butler. But um, I'm intrigued by just Kyrie Irving playing um, in a system that is similar to his skill set. You know, when Kyrie Irving was a member of the Cleveland Cavaliers before LeBron returned, uh, he was the man on that team and kind of played in a prototypical point guard system. And I think, you know, with LeBron James coming back to Cleveland, LeBron James became the primary ball handler uh, in Cleveland and kind of stifled uh, Kyrie Irving's growth. It, it kind of reminds me of when Anthony Mason uh, played for the Miami Heat, and that was his all-star season. And Tim Hardaway was the point guard. Uh, Anthony Mason was the primary ball handler, and it sometimes stifled uh, uh, Tim Hardaway's growth because Pat Riley's big on big guard, uh, handling the ball kind of similar to Don Nelson. And uh, when Tom Tolbert would bring the ball up during the M- run TMC uh, era in the 90s. But um, I think Kyrie Irving is kind of going to go back to playing the way he played in high school. Uh, I watched him and covered him a little bit during his high school days in St. Patrick High School in, in Elizabeth, New Jersey. But, you know, I, I think Kyrie Irving is kind of um, turning back this roof. His dad actually went to Boston University. He, he did not make it in the NBA, uh, but played overseas in Australia where Kyrie Irving was actually born. Um, but I, I think it's interesting. His, his career has kind of come full circle, and uh, it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, I, I think the two best teams in the Eastern Conference are both the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers and, and the Washington Wizards. Uh, and I think Ooh, they'll compete. Not the Cleveland Cavs, the Washington Wizards. Washington Wizards and the Cleveland Cavaliers, I think, are the two best teams in the NBA. Ooh, we, 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 we are definitely going to have a little debate about that, but okay. Okay, surely. 
definitely. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. But I, I think Kyrie Irving is, is intriguing. You know, even when it comes down to whether or not um, how annoying it was for NBA 2K uh, games to change the cover of the NBA 2K 18 game. It was the first time since the game's inception in 1999 uh, that a player was traded before the game uh, was getting ready to be released. So, you know, a lot of just some um, headlines and storylines and takes and things of that sort. And ready to get the whole dog on things started. NBA season starts on Tuesday, 17. Okay. All right. Interesting. Interesting. Um, oh, Isaiah Thomas recently came out and uh, said some comments about Danny Ainge, and I don't blame him for being upset about being traded for Kyrie. I, how do you feel about the whole situation with him being traded after, you know, giving his heart and soul to the city of Boston, playing after his sister passed, losing a tooth and breaking his hip? Like, how do you feel about that whole thing? The NBA is a business. And I think, you know, for him to be upset, Isaiah Thomas to be upset with general manager Danny Ainge, um, that's the nature of the business. I, I think that it's no different than the should be on the other foot. When a guy like LeBron uh, controls the deciding where he wants to go and the fans are angry. You know, the players that are really talented and good at what they do, they can control their destiny great. But I also think Isaiah Thomas goes into a system where he, you know, he's heard he's going to come back, but he's on a team with veterans. And a Dwayne Wade now, remember the Cleveland Cavaliers, you got Derrick Rose uh, there. You got even young guys like Tristan Thompson, Kyle Korver. Kyle Korver's a vet, but you know, you go into a system where you can win right away. But I think that um, for Isaiah Thomas to be mad at Danny Ainge, I mean, Danny Ainge said it best. You know, during his career, he was tra- traded twice. And uh, it's, you, you're never necessarily happy. But the one thing I respect about Isaiah Thomas, he was honest. He didn't hide that he, you know, that he was upset. He let it be known, and that, that's just natural. Of course, Isaiah Thomas speaking with Sports Illustrated's Lee Jenkins, and kudos to Lee Jenkins for um, you know getting those exclusives. He often gets those exclusives with players. Oh, shout outs to him, most definitely. <laughs> and, you know, he gets what, what, what people want to hear, and I think. Isaiah Thomas, to be as honest as he was about it, that is fuel the motivation to go in this season to win the City of Cleveland Championship. You know, Boss's sister had some motivation going into playoffs this past season, going to this season, traded with a new scenery. So we'll, we'll see what happens. My whole thing is I would never understand why fans have such a problem when players make decisions for themselves and want to go play wherever they want to play. But when moves like this get done, you know, it doesn't bother fans at all. And look, you say what you want about Kevin Durant and his whole summer and the whole hidden account thing. Like, look, the man made a decision for himself. I'm tired of hearing about how Kevin Durant is soft, he's weak, and all other negative adjectives you want to add on to that. Um, look, the man made a decision for himself. And... It's not right that organizations can easily tell a player, look, you did all and everything above that you could for this, uh, for this organization, but we got to let you go because we don't feel like you fit here anymore. And, and, and it's just like, look, if, if, if the business isn't going to treat, treat this like a business, or let's just say the organizations, if they're going to treat this like a business, then so can the players. So, you know, calm down with the noise, man. Just relax. Let players do what they want to do if, organ- if you're cool with organizations doing what they want to do. But that's me. I think Kevin Durant took the model that uh, LeBron James took in 2010 in controlling his destiny and taking less money. You think about it, he's 
at Oakland, he can monopolize off of the tech world that is in uh, Silicon Valley. I also think, you know, you, you want to take less money so that Steph Curry can sign a bigger contract, a guy that, you know, can get a max, max, max contract. And, you know, obviously they, they signed Andre Iguodala in the offseason. It was a very likely uh, scenario that Andre Iguodala could have signed with San Antonio Spurs. They offered him something he could refuse. But um, I, I think for Kevin Durant, I think the biggest thing is two years ago, uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder lost to the Warriors. Why would you join the team that beat you to go to the, to the NBA Finals? And I think that was the biggest thing for fans. But at the end of the day, free agency gives you the opportunity to be bold and, and, and wind and dine. And I think that fans uh, put into that gourmet position may do the same thing. It's easy to say what you wouldn't do or what you don't like when you're not in the driver's seat in that position. And guys like Kurt Flood in base, Major League Baseball gave athletes in other sports the, the opportunity to have free agency. And I think that that's uh, something that is their right, that's their choice. And uh, if they don't like it, mm, put some money up. Until then, let players do what they do. And I think in the NBA now, buddy ball is such a, a, a poignant part of um, the business, which is why a guy like Wayne Wade felt comfortable going out to the further to the Midwest in Cleveland and joining his friend LeBron James, who he won two NBA championships with as a member of the Miami Heat. So Buddy Ball is here to stay. It's, it's a byproduct of AAU basketball where guys have known each other since seventh and eighth grade. I'm, I'm, I'm Instagram. Uh, Derek Coleman, former NBA uh, 90s wow. guy, I played in the NBA. He, he and I followed us on Instagram, and I was looking at a, a throwback Thursday picture he had the other day, and it was a picture of him showing around Stephon Marbury at Syracuse University when Stephon was a kid. Oh, like, wow. wow. You know? That, That's got to that, be that. like in the mid-90s or something. Surely. Oh, I mean, oh no! When he when Derek Coleman was playing in Syracuse, yes. Oh, then that's like the '80s, then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I thought he was like recruiting Stephon Marbury to Syracuse. I'm not really sure. Stephon looked a little young. It looked like yeah. he was visiting Syracuse, though. I don't yeah. know if he was on a basketball AAU travel trip or what, what have you. But uh, Stephon, you know, Stephon was drafted in '96 and. Yeah. '96 and yeah, '96. So mm-hmm. if he wasn't in high school, he was definitely in grade school. And, traveling somewhere, but just a picture of Derek Coleman and Stephon Marbury. I remember when I was working for the Nets as a kid and seeing Stephon Marbury, uh, then a member of the Nets, and Derek Coleman, a member of the Charlotte Hornets. And uh, I actually interviewed them both that night for my column. I was like, wow, I was getting flashbacks myself. I said, so I'm old. Everybody, so. <laughs> wow, that's a hell of a story. Good yeah. Lord, I got to see that picture. I got to go run to his Instagram page. Yes, sir. All right, um, let's get to these playoff predictions. Um, as everyone knows, there's eight teams in each conference that made the playoffs. And mm-hmm. I will basically throw out my eight teams in each conference, and you're going to agree to disagree. And I'll go okay. in order. So okay. I will do the Eastern Conference first. Okay. And I'll give out some over-under numbers um, just to let you know where Vegas stands on these teams and whatnot. And sure. you know, just to give an idea of like how many wins they could potentially get. Um, okay. So number eight in the East, I got the Philadelphia 76ers. And, mm-hmm. huh? I agree. Okay. Um, they're at 42 and a half wins. That's what they're, well, that's the over-under. And I think they will get about 39 or 40. But I think because of, the, because of the state of where the Eastern Conference is and I like their young players, let's all hope Joel Embiid can stay healthy. Trust the process. 
<laughs> um, and I'm pretty sure you're going to be going a lot of their games. Um, yeah, I like this team, and I like their young guys. Uh, there's some questions as to who is on their bench, but for the most part, I think they can get about 39, 40 wins. Where, where do you see them? About 38 wins or maybe higher, 42? I see about that. Okay. I see about that. Yeah. All right. I see about that. All right. Number seven, the Miami Heat. Um, uh, do you yep. agree or disagree? I agree. Okay. All right. They're about 43 and a half. I got them at about like 42, you know. But, yeah, I think it's a fair number. Number six, the Toronto Raptors. Yep. Oh, okay. All right. All right. All right. Because, and I, I say that because I think if you look at the NBA's Atlantic Division, I have the Boston Celtics winning the Atlantic Division, which, um, which would mean that the Raptors would get their sixth seed because the winner of that division gets, the, gets you know, so they'd be a third seed. Or, or excuse me, Boston, would, I believe, will be a second seed. So if they win the division, they automatically get the second seed. But, if Toronto's under them, they would be all the way back, all the way down to the 60s. So, yeah, I think two Atlantic division teams can make it to the playoffs. It won't be the Nets or the Knicks, so, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, New York but, fans. Sorry to disappoint but, you. <laughs> but if we're if we talking, if we, obviously you haven't said the Boston Celtics, but it would be an interesting case study, and you have three teams from the NBA's Atlantic division going to the playoffs, and the Celtics, the Sixers, and um, the Raptors. Are the Raptors in the Atlantic Division or are they in the Central Division? Atlantic. Because you got to remember, it's the two New York teams. It's Boston, Philly, and Toronto. Yep. So you have three teams from the NBA Eastern Conference, Atlantic Division, both playoffs. Okay. All right. Number five, the Milwaukee Bucks. Yep. I agree. Okay. They had a down year last year. Mm. Oh, down year. Not a good year. Down year. Well, actually, no, you're right. Jabari Parker got hurt. Correct. Yes, yes, yes. And he'll be coming back off that ACL injury. Yeah. People have a lot of questions about that team, but I think they'll be fine. Um, I don't like. I could see them getting a fourth seed, but I just think, you know, I, I, there's some potential injuries there, and you know, I, I like Giannis, and I want him to take that leap, but who knows? You know, maybe he plays as, or maybe I, he plays I, as I, good as he did last year, or maybe he plays even better. Who knows? I like Giannis. Giannis wants to come bold with the Milwaukee Bucks, but another factor that we had uh, that you didn't mention is the fact that. Milwaukee has a chance to do well in the uh, Midwest or the Central Division in the Eastern Conference because of Chicago uh, deciding to go young and playing. Please, please don't remind me. Please, please don't. Please don't hurt my heart on this podcast. I'm a Bulls <laughs> fan, so it's just it's just hard. It's hard for me sorry. to even think about them right now. Sorry to hear that, but I do like the addition in the NBA draft of Larry Markkinen, and the guy out of Arizona. Uh, I like the Joe Valentine, um, and Laurie I like the Martin, fact that God. what what oh. you say. That name, oh, good Lord. I, I would have rather just drafted Malik Monk or Dennis Smith or just, oh, God. Oh, like, why? Oh, oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, I like Malik Monk. So Malik Monk did his thing in college and uh, out at Kentucky. I was actually talking to um, former Pat Derrick Anderson. Hold on, you're breaking up there. Are you there? Oh, we lost Scooby. Well, we're going to work to get him back on the phone lines. And when we do, we will continue the B-Nicks podcast. <music> Ladies and gentlemen, sorry for that disconnection, but we are back on the B-Nicks podcast. And I'm here with my man, Scoop B, and we're going to continue our predictions 
Um, so I'll finish out my top four Eastern Conference teams and then go to the eight Western Conference teams. Um, yes, number four, the Washington Wizards. Yep. <clears throat> now, their over-under is about 47 and a half. And I'm not crazy about this team. I love John Wall and I love Bradley Bill, but we're going to get into that because you said that they were going to be the, what, the second seed or the first seed in the East? The Wizards? Yeah. No. Oh, they're, I, oh, they're just the top two. They're the top two teams in the East, in your opinion. Don't, don't, I was saying, I was saying, no, I think Wizards. Well, let me take that back. I did say that. I said that I think that the Wizards are the second best team in the NBA conference. Okay. Um, I don't know if that'll reflect it in the standings, uh, but I do think that Cleveland is is, is one, Washington is two, um, but I think that. Oh, from, and, from, and and Boston is three. Yes. Oh, uh, okay. All right. As far as standings go, I don't think it'll reflect it. I think it'll probably be Cleveland one, Boston two, Washington Wizards three or four. Okay. All right. All right. Um, number three. This is going to be a little bit of a shocker. I have the Charlotte Hornets at the number three spot. They added Dwight Howard in the offseason, and I think that, you know, you had Jeff Kimball Walker and um, some of those other pieces. I think, I think that the uh, Charlotte Hornets, can pick up where they left on a couple of years ago when they had Al Jefferson and um, and were clicking on the all cylinders when they played the Miami Heat in the playoffs. I don't think that's a bad. I don't think that's far fetched at all. By the way, why was Malik Monk so mad that he didn't get drafted by the Knicks? Like, was there like a deal under the table that like he was supposed to be drafted by the Knicks? I think it was widely believed that that's where he was going to go. Um, and and before we got cut up, before I was saying that um, I talked to Derek Anderson, the former Kentucky Wildcat, who said you know, he liked Malik Monk. Uh, but I think that they but he liked Deere and Fox better. He was more solid. Uh, I, I think there were questions. I think that the NCAA tournament kind of made Malik Monk, um, he was a name, but I think that the NCAA tournament paid more attention to Deere and Fox, particularly because, because of how well he played against Lonzo Ball uh, in the tournament against UCLA. But I, I think for some reason, um, the Knicks were sold on who they got that Nitalinka. They were sold on him for whatever reason. But I mean, Knicks fans have been wrong before. The Knicks got uh, Porzingis, and people were upset. And, you know, Porzingis came out to be uh, uh, a good draft pick within the last ten years that the Knicks got. So we'll see. But yeah, Malik Monk. I, I thought he was going to the New York Knicks as well. Mm. Well, hopefully he'll get over it, and I think he'll have a, a really good year. It will be a nice little fight for rookie of the year this year. I think he'll have something to say about that. Um, yeah. I'll say it again. I said, yeah, I'm with you on that. Okay. All right. Uh, number two, Cleveland Cavaliers, and the number one team in the Eastern Conference, the Boston Celtics. I will say this: their over under is at fifty six and a half. If you're a betting man, which uh, which would you take, the over or the under at fifty six and a half? I mean, I could see the Boston Celtics uh, being a first seed with the 56 and a half over under because when you look at the Cleveland Cavaliers ball club, they're kind of in that Lakers uh, mold in the 2000s and the Bulls mold in the 90s where, you know, you're not overexerting yourself. You have veterans on that team. If they come playoff time, you really play yourself in the game shape. So Shaq, and, so Shaq did that all the time. That's why he and Kobe often feuded because – you know, Kobe was a guy that felt that you should be a tip top shape at game one of 82 games. And, you know, I think Cleveland adding Wade and he's getting older and has, has leg issues. And, you know, you have Derrick Rose who's been faulty over the last five years. So um, 
the Boston Celtics, you know, winning the first seed. I mean, they won the first seed last year. Um, so, you know, them winning it again, I think they have a lot to prove. Again, as I mentioned, Marcus Smart is the only guy on that roster from Boston last year that returned. And, you know, I, I think the Boston Celtics have something to prove. That 56-game mark uh, would be far-fetched, particularly because the NBA's Eastern Conference definitely doesn't match up well against the uh, NBA's Western Conference. So, no, not far-fetched at all. Yeah, I got them winning about 58 or 59 games. I think they're going to have a monster year. Uh, might even have an MVP coming out of that team, but I'll talk about that later. <laughs> um, let's get to the Western Conference. I'm going to go from 8 to 1. Now, the bottom half of the Western Conference is a little challenging for me because these bottom four teams that I picked, it wasn't easy because I like them. I just don't know which one of these teams are going to win like 38, 39 games or win like 42, 43 games. Okay. So I'm just going to run off this list. At number eight, I got the Los Angeles Clippers. Agree or disagree? I disagree. Ooh, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to just run out up to five. Um, okay. Portland at seven. Mm-hmm. Do you agree? Yes, yeah, I okay. agree with that. Minnesota at six. Yes. Denver at five. No. Okay. Now, the other team that I could see make the playoffs, but I'm not sure about, is Utah. And and, and it was tough because I was flip-flopping between the Clippers and the, and the Jazz. I just like the Clippers' roster and their bench a little bit better. And when they made the trade for, for guys like Patrick Beverly and the others uh, for the Chris Paul trade, I was like, hmm, you know, I, I like their team. You know, it's a, it, it, I like their bench. It's a little solid. And Utah, I, I just don't know. I'm not sure. Like, losing Gordon Hayward, yeah, that's a big piece. I mean, he's not a top five NBA player. He's like top 10, top 15. But mm-hmm. I just don't know about the Utah Jazz, man. I just, eh. No, I don't think the Utah Jazz, especially because uh, news out of Utah was that their point guard uh, will be out for the rest of will, will be out for the season. Uh, I, I think. Um, no, I don't have Utah in my Western Conference mix at all. Okay, so let me just run down the Clippers roster for you. Patrick Beverly, Sam Decker, Ju- Juwan, Juwan Evans? I think that's how you pronounce it. Yeah, Juwan, Juwan Evans. Evans. Dinalo, Dinalo, I always have a tough time pronouncing his first name. God. Danilo Gallinari. There you go. Uh, Blake Griffin. Danilo, mm-hmm. yeah. Ooh. Oh, they got some interesting guys with interesting names. Montrez. Is it Montrez Harrell? Montrez Harrell, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Okay. LaDante Hinton, Bryce Johnson, Wesley Johnson. Wow, he's still in the league. Wes <laughs> Johnson knows how to flip between Clippers and uh, Lakers. Good God, he's still in the league, huh? Uh, DeAndre yep. Jordan, Marshall Plumley, Willie Reed, not to confuse with Willis Reed, Austin yeah. Rivers, Cinderius Thornwell. Ooh, that's an interesting name. Tyrone mm-hmm. Wallace, C.J. Williams, Lou Williams, and Jamil Wilson. Oh, and 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 Milos, T.O. Dosic, T.O. Okay, yeah. Is that you talking about Milos Sarkic? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, there's some interesting names here. God, there's some names I haven't heard about. But for the most part, I like their roster better than I'm going to read the names off here. Joel, and you correct me because I know I'm going to mess these up. Joel. Balloon boy, balloon boy, balloon. Okay, yeah, these are not American players. <laughs> Tony Bradley, <laughs> Taylor Braun, 
Alec Burks, Dante Exum. Oh, God, I wish he wasn't hurt so much, Dante Exum. Derek yeah, that's Favis. That's what I was talking about on that. That was talking about Dante Exum. It's out. Yeah. Rudy Gobert, Torin Graham, Eric Griffin, Rodney Hood, Joe Inglis, Jonas Jerbko, Joe Johnson. Oh, God. Yeah. He's up there. He's up there <laughs> in know, age. I, I, Joe Johnson, uh, I, I went to uh, I sat course at it in that game in December, and Joe Johnson went haywire. Against uh, the Nets uh, back in January, um, he still got a lot in the tank for that particular team. I was hoping that after uh, this past season, that Darren Williams would make a return to Utah. He and Joe Johnson could kind of team up and pick up where they left off at in Brooklyn on an elder statesman level, but it didn't work out that way. I think you know if Utah's in the, in the, in the hunt for a point guard, maybe you know for meritous reasons could uh, <laughs> could run after him. But yeah. It's interesting to see how much Joe Johnson now purchases for the Bishop. And they also traded for Ricky Rubio. Wait, did they trade for him or added? It was a free agent pickup. I forgot, if I remember correctly. I think he was involved in that three-player deal that sent um, that sent uh, former slam dunk champion. Excuse my mom for a second. I sent him to Chicago. Mm. I think he was in that deal. Okay. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Ricky Rubio, Dabo Shevalosha. Yeah, and the rest of these guys are just whatever. I'm, I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm not really crazy about Ricky Rubio. I'm. I'm just not. I, I like his passing ability, but other than that, eh, can't really shoot. Eh, just not really crazy about him. I mean, look, you think Utah? It, it, and you said Utah's not going to make the playoffs, right? No. Okay. So, all right. So, who from eight to five is going to make the playoffs in the West, in your mind? Okay, so my list goes like this from eight to five. Number one, the Houston Rockets. Mm-hmm. Uh, added Chris Paul. Uh, you know, it'll take some time for him. Uh, uh, his uh, his guy, James Harden, to develop. But I, I think they had they built chemistry early on in the summer playing in the Drew League in L.A. Number two, the San Antonio Spurs. They always sneak up on you just like the New England Patriots do in the NFL. Uh, added Ruby Gay and... Um, you know, I think that they added some youth after kind of falling short in the playoffs this year. Number three, the Golden State Warriors. I think those guys will coast and preserve for the playoffs. Uh, number four, the OKC Thunder, the addition of Carmelo Anthony as well as Paul George. Uh, number five, the Minnesota Timberwolves. I call them West Coast Milwaukee Bucks team that has <laughs> the team, the team that has the players on paper. They're young; they just have to develop. Obviously. Uh, you, you have Carl Anthony Towns, and uh, he added some guy from Chicago in the offseason, and uh, I think that you know they'll do something special. Uh, number six, the Pelicans. I think a full season of wow. You got the Pelicans in the playoffs. I have the Pelicans in the playoffs at the six. Wow. Season. Yep. And number seven, the Dallas Mavericks. Whoa! Actually, I'm. You know what? They're interesting because. They're projected to win like 35, 37 games or something like that. Mm-hmm. Kind of like their team. They're a little, little old in the tooth for me. They're a little long in the tooth in age. Ugh, I don't know. But I wouldn't be surprised if they made the playoffs, though. I wouldn't. They, that's a, it's a veteran team. It's a little old, but got some young guys there. They, they got some experience. Dirk is, this is going to be year 20 for Dirk. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Yep. Year twenty for Dirk Nowitzki, and uh, and I like Dennis Smith Jr. So me too. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if they made the playoffs. 
I just don't I, I just don't think they're gonna make it. I just think there's so much talent that's like above average in that mm-hmm. middle of the pack Western and, and, and the middle of the pack of the Western Conference. There's just a lot of talent there and it's like a lot of above average teams. So I, I have them on the bottom half of that as opposed to the top half. But yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if they made the playoffs. Number eight. Drum roll, please. Uh oh. Hi The Los Angeles Lakers. Wow. Los Angeles Lakers is my This must mean you think that Lonzo Ball is gonna be rookie of the year. No. Oh, okay. I don't think Lonzo Ball is gonna be rookie of the year. All right, all right. Chad, you like my, my drum sound effects, Chad? I, 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 <laughs> Chad's like, yeah, great. Even on, the, even on the back of his head, he's like, that was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Why? The Lakers at eight. That's interesting. Why the Lakers at eight? Um, Because it's not just Lonzo Ball's team. You know, you look at the team that, that's been crafted over the last three years. Uh, Julius Randle drafted. Uh, have uh, Larry Nance Jr. that has found his role as a role player. Brandon Ingram's been working out and doing what he needs to do. Lonzo Ball is just icing on the cake. And he's traded in the blockbuster trade to get Brooke Lopez. Lopez is top five uh, center in the NBA, and he's an elder statesman on that team for a team that's you know, most of those guys in their 20s. And I, I like Luke Walton as a head coach. I do, too. I, I definitely agree with you on that one. Yeah. So that, that's, that's my reasoning, and um, I, I think the Los Angeles Lakers are supposed to surprise some guys this season. I like them. Mm. I like them. If they do make the playoffs, LeVar Ball is going to run his mouth. I mean, he runs his mouth anyway, but Jesus Christ. I could just, oh, God. Oh, oh no. I mean, when you look at the, when you, you take a, a walk down, a look down memory lane and you see um, the 2003 uh, NBA season, LeBron James didn't make it to the playoffs in his first year, but Carmelo Anthony is a member of the Denver Nuggets fit in the and Western NBA's Western Conference was competitive back then. Do you oh, remember yeah. LeBron flew out to Denver to support his guy and wore Melo jersey? Um, I, I think you know a guy doing well in his rookie season is not far fetched, particularly in a wild, wild west uh, NBA's Western Conference. I, I think Lonzo Ball, you know, has exceeded expectations. His father predicted, he, you know, a guy from Chino Hills High School outside of. Los Angeles, a guy that, you know, did well at, at UCLA. He's got the West Coast to get to the L.A. area uh, behind him. And a guy that played well and exceeded his expectations um, in securing his bag. You know, even Jay-Z giving up a co-sign on the Rat Radar podcast with Ellie Wilson and P-Dot talking about owning your own brand and then controlling it. I think he's done everything right. And I think that now is the time to make everybody shut up and to prove that, you know, you can do what you need to do. And I think that... um those guys will do. Hmm. Interesting. The Lakers at eight. Wow. Uh, who's the first four teams you picked in the West? In the West? Yeah. First four? First four, Houston Rockets, uh, San Antonio Spurs, Golden State Warriors, and the OKC Thunder. See, mine was a little different. See, I had San Antonio at four, OKC at three, Houston at two, Golden State at one. Um, See, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Golden State coasted, though. I wouldn't be. I just think... They're going to want to play for most of the season. Yeah, last year they had something to prove with, with Kevin Durant there. And then, you know, you added Swaggy P uh, in the offseason as well. Swaggy P? Uh, so yeah, you can spread out kind of uh, the game plan. And I think this year it's about continuity and, and kind of just um, 
not being comfortable but coasting. I, to be honest with you, uh, I was talking to former Golden State Warriors sideline reporter Roscoe Ro- 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 but uh, she's now at uh, TNT. Uh, she said to me that all indications is watching them in practice and talking to guys. She thinks that they're actually going to be better this season than they were last year because they have a year under their belt. You know, Kevin Durant being more vocal, uh, winning the MVP, and Steph Curry uh, kind of treating Kevin Durant the way Dwayne Wade did in year two. Uh, or, excuse me, uh, Dwayne Wade treating LeBron uh, the way he did in year two when they played for Miami. The Curry is, you know, assuring Kevin Durant that it is, you know, it's their team by committee, but he's the, the firepower, the scoring power uh, that, that you go on. He's the muscle uh, from all parts of the court. So, all that being said, I, I think Golden State has proven that they can compete. And now it's maintaining that. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. Um, who do you have for Rookie of the Year? De'Aaron Fox. Me too. Totally agree. I think Sacramento is going to let him just run loose, give him the ball, let him score. And, yeah, I think that's, I think that's where he's going to just basically kill this whole competition is on offense. It's going to be neck and neck with him and Lonzo, though. Oh, yeah. I talked to De'Aaron um, during the draft process, and I said to him, man, it was refreshing to see you um, have your way with Lazo and college. I said, man. Oh, yeah, most definitely. That was a fun. When they play, when Kentucky played UCLA, that was a very fun game. And De'Aaron Fox and Malik Monk, they took it to to UCLA. They just. They did. They just said, ah. UCLA, man. Everybody was, was counting Aaron Fox out, uh, particularly Kentucky, and he has something to prove, and I think that's going to continue in the NBA. And Aaron Fox, like I said, is going to be the modern-day Penny Hardaway, and I think that Aaron Fox is going to have a great career, and I think he begins to cement that in his rookie season when the NBA names him the rookie of the year. Mm. MVP. Well, you know, before I get to MVP, if I may, I know it's your show, I did not get a chance to, to name my, my Eastern Conference picks. Oh, go ahead. So my top eight, uh, number one is the Boston Celtics, like you. Okay. Uh, number two, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Number three, the Washington Wizards. Number four, uh, the Charlotte Hornets. At five, I have the Milwaukee Bucks. At six, the Toronto Raptors. At seven, the Philadelphia 76ers. And at eight, I have the Miami Heat. Uh, pretty close. Pretty close to mine. Mm-hmm. And, and also, if I, I can add, I, I would be surprised that in the Western Conference, a surprise team that could if if the Lakers, or excuse me, if the Dallas Mavericks don't make it, don't sleep on the Phoenix Suns. Hmm. Really? Yeah. Don't sleep on the Phoenix Suns, man. Devin Booker is, is out to make make himself a household name. It's not just a guy that scores a bunch of points. I, I think that that team uh, under Earl Watson is, 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 is the best kept secret in the NBA's Western Conference. Okay. All right. I'll definitely be looking out for them. Josh Jackson should be an interesting rookie this year. Uh yes, yeah, MVP. MVP of this year's uh, NBA season will be LeBron James. Interesting. Why is that? I think LeBron James in 2017 is competing against LeBron James uh, in 2011. Uh, he's not competing with Kyrie. He's not competing with Michael Jordan's legacy. He's not competing with Kobe Bryant's legacy. LeBron James is competing against LeBron James, and I think that what's interesting about it is he realizes it. He's still got a lot in his tank, and injuries have not slowed him down. And uh, I think he's in a position where that 
Cleveland Cavaliers team uh, is built in his image the same way that that Miami Heat team was built in his image in 2011 when, when they took their first championship, or excuse me, in 2012 when they took their first championship against uh, Kevin Durant. And I think LeBron has something to prove, having lost the NBA Finals last year. Um, Kyrie Irving being traded to the Boston Celtics. And uh, even calling the president a bum, LeBron against the world. <laughs> that was funny. I enjoyed that one. I did too. My MVP is Kyrie Irving. I just I think I, I just think him going to Boston is going to give him new energy. I love the fact that he gets to play with this roster. And I love the fact that he's going to have Brad Stevens as his coach. I, I just, you know what this move reminds me of him being traded to Boston? It kind of reminds me of Jason Kidd going to New Jersey in 2001. And how, oh, sure. you know, I don't. I don't think a lot of people thought that Nets team was going to do anything major. I just thought that I, I think back then they thought that Nets team was going to win like what forty something games, and that was it. Maybe like thirty eight, thirty nine. But you know, Kyrie Irving and grew up watching that Nets game. Yeah, yeah, straight out of Jersey. Um, yeah, I just think Kyrie Irving is going to have a phenomenal year, and he's going to want to have something to prove because you know a lot of people have been yapping about, well, you weren't anything before LeBron. You know, you're not a, a passing point guard. All you do is score and get buckets. And I think Kyrie Irving really wants to show people, excuse me, I think he really wants to show people that I can not only lead a team, but I can lead a team and win and win a championship sure. at that too. So sure. I just see Kyrie Irving have a fun, having a phenomenal season this year. And I don't think he's going to have like these crazy outrageous like 35, 11, 11, you know, nothing like Russell Westbrook. No, no triple-double-esque year. But I think he will have a big enough impact to where people are going to say, you know what, this Celtics team is really good, and he's a big part of it, or a big part of the reason why. So I pick Kyrie Irving as my 2017-2018 NBA MVP. Let me just round this out real quick. Uh, top four, well, the final four, the, the Western Conference. Who's going to be in the Western Conference Finals and who's going to be in the Eastern Conference Finals? Western Conference Finals uh, will be the Golden State Warriors. And well, you're on the clock, bro. Do, 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 do. The do, Oklahoma do, City do. Thunder. Okay. All right. And uh, in the East? The Cleveland Cavaliers and the Washington Wizards. Wow. You really are not feeling the Celtics like that. I like the Celtics. I like Kyrie. Can I ask you something? What is it about the Wizards that you're so high on? Because I don't like their bench. And I love John Wall, but there's some things about him that I, I still want him to improve on. I think that the Washington Wizards were uh, very close to beating the Boston Celtics uh, in the conference finals last year. And I think that what um, set them apart from losing was number one, just the timing and going of the league with seven games in the, in the, in the, uh, in the semifinals, rather. And also, Isaiah Thomas having the momentum of his sisters on Tommy's death. Uh, and I also think that um, John Wall constantly disrespected as a top point guard in the NBA, and I think he's proven it over the last few years uh, from the transition that head coach Randy Whitman to uh, the new coach, uh, I think that he's proven time and time again that he can do it. And I think he and Bradley Beal have something uh, 
that is envious of of, of other teams, you know, I, and not just that. I think that um, they have that experience of playing together the last few years versus a Celtics team that has to basically create a momentum to go to the conference finals uh, without having prior experience. I think the Wizards have years in, and I think that um, I think they have something to prove. I think that that the Eastern Conference is much easier to, to, to attain and win than the Western Conference, but I do think that John Wall has a chip on his shoulder because I think that, you know, he and Kyrie have been silently competing against each other for years. Kyrie has something to prove on his end, but he has the face of that franchise, but they still got to put it together. I think the Wizards are, are a legitimate um, threat. Too. And and who's going it's to the tough. finals? Who's going to the finals and winning it? Who's going to the NBA finals and winning it? Well, I mean, ninety three percent of um, NBA GMs predict that the Golden State Warriors uh, will win the NBA finals uh, against the Cleveland Cavaliers again. Um, I'm Four going time in a row. Grain. I'm going against the grain. I think this is the year that the Cleveland Cavaliers can win it, and uh, LeBron James can uh, tie it up <laughs> with uh, the Warriors. See, I thought going against the grain was picking a different team or two different teams. I think I think the Cavaliers or whatever team LeBron James plays on has about two good years left mm. before you start seeing other Eastern Conference teams creeping up. And I think the Warriors have a good five years before either free agency, age, dysfunction start catching up. Okay. You know, LeBron James is representative of, of the millennial era, a freelancer for hire, whether he's playing for the Miami Heat, uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers, or he goes elsewhere. And I don't sleep on the opportunity of him either staying in Cleveland or going to the Miami Heat. I think L.A. is oversold um, as a free agency destination. Don't sleep on the Miami Heat as a potential bidder uh, to get LeBron James in free Okay. All right. Uh, that, that seems fair. I'll give you my top four. Well, final four, I should say. Golden State, Houston, and I think Golden State wins that in seven. Boston, Cleveland, and get ready for this one, Boston in six. Okay. So we're going to get a Warriors-Celtics NBA Finals, and then I have the Warriors in six. I'm very high on this uh, Celtics team, man. I really think Brad Stevens, if, if this was another coach, if this was, God, let me see, if this was, hmm. I don't know. If this was Mike D'Antoni, for instance, I don't think the Celtics yeah. team would be that that good. I think they would probably win, like, I don't know, 48 games and then lose in, like, the second round or something. I really believe in Brad Stevens, and I think it's going to take some time for them to gel. They're not going to get it right out the gate. It's, it's going to take some time for them to gel. But I, I just really like Irvin Hayward. Like, the only issue for them, really, I think they need another big man. I just think they need another rim protector, a yeah, backup big I man. I think, and I think you made that analogy of that Nets team when Jason Kidd was traded to the Nets in exchange with Stephon Marbury. Nets also had another infrastructure uh, that you're missing. They had already an established Kenyon Martin who was playing on that team. You had Keith Van Horn, you had Kerry Kittles, you had Lucius Harris. Uh, you added Todd McCullough. Uh, who was a, uh, the Kimbe Mutombo's backup with the 76ers. Again, I, I mentioned that the Celtics still only have Marcus Smart. They don't have some of those other people. Baby Bradley is a member of the Detroit Pistons. Um, so it, it's, a, it's, it's in theory, yeah, as far as a, a, a polished point guard going to Boston. 
uh, in exchange for an athletic point guard in, in Isaiah Thomas. But uh, again, I think Boston has a lot of things that they need to uh, establish before they can legitimately compete against the Cleveland Cavaliers in, in the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, I think they'll be a great regular season team to watch. That's exciting. But when it comes down to it, still got a Cleveland team with LeBron who's been competing against the Pistons back in 2006-2007 in the conference finals. You have a Wade who, in his rookie year, was going toe-to-toe in the first round against the then Charlotte Hornets and Baron Davis hitting that game winning shot. You have a Derrick Rose who has gone to war as a member of the Chicago Bulls in, 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 the, in the playoffs. And, you know, I think that that's an established veteran team. But then you look at that Cavaliers team, I can make a comparison to the 2004 L.A. Lakers when they decided to put Gary Payton, Shaq, Kobe Bryant, and Carmelo Malone all on that same team. But Tayshaun Prince was Duke blood, shut Kobe Bryant down in the NBA Finals. And they tried to blame it on Kobe just not being rest. No, Tayshaun was just that good. You know, so I, it could go either way. I think there's a lot of parallels that could be made. But nevertheless, I don't, I can't think of a more exciting uh, start to an NBA season that everybody's been, been salivating it at since the NBA Finals was over. Okay. All right. We'll see. I think the Celtics are going to be really good this year. They, but, uh, I, I think they are, too. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But I think it's going to take time to gel. I think they're going to be a great, wonderful season team to watch. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Before you go, um, I just wanted to get your thoughts on Jamel Hill really quick. Um, you know, it's been a rough, rough time in sp- uh, being like a sports media member because, mm-hmm. you know, you're being told all the time to just stick to sports. But there are just some instances, this is some situations where you just can't. You know, what Jamel Hill has said over the past few weeks about Donald Trump and about the players kneeling, I don't think she was wrong in any of those statements. And yet, you know, she's, she's being punished for them. And I just want to know from your perspective, you know, do you think it's fair what's, what's, what's happened to Jamel Hill? And, you know, just the whole thing of that, that whole balancing act of being able to do your job, but at the same time, not ignoring what's going on in the world and, you know, having to talk about it. I think for Jamel Hill, um, one of the things that, is interesting is, you know, you're a TV anchor. You switch from being a columnist to a TV anchor. Um, and anytime you have somebody who's a columnist dependent on an opinion, to have an opinion, and then switch to TV, that doesn't just leave you. Uh, and I think that in the situation with ESPN and Jamel, I think, you know, they are very staunch in their social media policy. And I also think that at the end of the day, one of the big, the big determining factors for Jamel Hill is the fact that ESPN, or rather Disney, the parent company of ESPN, uh, as well as the NFL, are working on a $15 billion deal. And unfortunately, uh, Jamel Hill is not worth that $15 billion that, that, that uh, is, is being put out there. So she's a casualty of war. And I think that more than anything, the two-week suspension that Jamel had was indicative upon really who Reparations on the first thing that was said that they couldn't catch on. And I think that ESPN unfortunately has a job to do, and I think unfortunately, you know, as a as a as a, a journalist or just a person who really cares about society, um, the good guy doesn't always win. And I think that uh, Colin Kaepernick, the fact that we're talking about him a year later, I think it's great because he's bringing awareness to what the issue is. The issue was never the anthem. The 
issue oh, was to, to draw attention to uh, police brutality, whether that's Eric Garner, whether that's Michael Brown, whether that's uh, any of those other casualties that happen. If you want to go back to Emmett Till, you know, and I think that anytime someone has an opinion, uh, opinion doesn't always mean that they're going to be rewarded. So I, I think for Jamel, uh, I don't know if I could say she's a modern-day Rosa Parks, but I think for journalists, she's, she's very much respected. Because not only she's just a very nice person, you know, she she stood up for a cause. I think sometimes in journalism, we've edged into so much TC uh, and gray area that, you know, it grew, I grew up, if you don't stand for something, you fall for anything. And I commend her for staying true to her values. That you know, I, her big payday will come, or more than anything, her being recognized for being a pioneer. There's a lot of women who look up to her. Uh, and I respect everything that she did, and kudos to Shamel. Yeah, most definitely. Jamel Hill, we love you and we thank you for sharing your statements. Please don't change. Please stay who you are. We need people like you in the media. That's it. All right, School B, thank you for coming on to the B Nicks podcast. Tell the people where they can find you at and where they can listen to you. More than anything, make sure that you check out the School B Radio podcast. Uh, close to 2 million uh, hits for this year. Uh, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn app, Stitcher app. Or simply visit scoopyradio.com and also check out my columns at respectnag. That's respect-nag.com. That's right. Secure that bag, homie. Yes, sir. <laughs> Thank you, Scoop B, for joining us on this edition of the B-Nicks Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Nix. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you. I'll be back soon. We'll be doing more of these. And that is it for today. Take care. Talk to you soon. Thanks Bye. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 